Glory to God. Isn't it good to be in God's house? You know, the, the local church is called the, the, the pillar of truth. It is a place where God manifests himself and, and his spirit through praise and worship. And the praise and worship is truth. We, we preach God's word. We preach the Bible. You know, the Bible is truth. So it's so important that you come to church, that you come to a place where you get to hear the truth of God's Word. Now there's many places that call themselves churches and not necessarily preaching truth, or maybe they'll, they'll preach partial truths. You need to be led of God to a place, which I believe this is a place like that, a place that preaches truth. Do you love truth today? Do you love God's Word? Of course, God's Word is the truth. So I'm going to be preaching about truth. Really, the, the title of my message is dealing with uh, or countering the deceptions of Satan. In particular, there are six deceptions. In fact, you can look in your Bible in Genesis chapter 1, where Satan, as the serpent, approached Adam and Eve and deceived Eve. And of course, we see the result. We're almost 6,000 years away from that. And things have gotten worse and worse over 6,000 years because man has not embraced truth. Man has not loved truth. Man has not loved God's Word. I hope to instill in you this morning a love for God's Word, a love for truth, and to no longer be deceived by the enemy. Of course, we understand this world is deceived. They're, they're, you know, the sinners of this world, it, it, they, they love a lie. They love deception. They, they actually choose to live in deception. And, and in a way, deception is, you know, an alternate reality, a, a, a delusional reality that's not true. God gives us truth, and that's reality. That's the real world, you could say, in a, in a sense. But Satan offers a deception. Satan offers a delusion, and people can choose to live in this delusion all they want. We, we of course, we're going to read here in just a moment where we're... Satan offered to Eve to take of this fruit and, you know, you'll live and you won't die. You'll be as gods. You'll gain wisdom. You'll, and, and, and so Eve decided to embrace a deception, which is a, a false reality, a delusional reality, which is not truth. And, and as long as you're in this life, in this world, you can live in, an, in a false reality. Uh, an entirely different world in your own mind and throw off the truths of God's word. And this is what the world has done. They've thrown off uh, the reality of truth and they can live in their own minds like, you know what, even though God says that's wrong, I don't think it's wrong. Even God said to do this or not do that, I don't believe that. And so this world has chosen to embrace deception, to, to embrace lies. I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to find the truth. I want to know the truth, and I want to live in the truth. You know, the, the, to live in lies and deception like the world does, it, it's, it's like being drunk, you know, you, or, or getting high. You, you decide you want to leave this present state of things. You don't like things the way they are, and I want to be somewhere else. So I want to get high. I, wanna, I don't like things how they are. I want to get 
drunk. I, you know, the, the, the guys get drunk so, so they can act like a different person, so they can have more boldness to talk to women. You know, they, they want to leave reality. They don't like reality. And so they want to live in an entirely different world. But God warns us what happens when you live in lies. And, and of course, he warns us here. If you want to go ahead and look at Genesis chapter 3, you shall surely die, he says. Genesis chapter 3, and we'll start reading, you shall surely die. That's why God challenges us to be awake. And I mean really awake. The world talks about being awoke and all that kind of stuff. No, God says be sober, be vigilant. Be sober means live in truth, live in actual reality. Don't embrace the deceptions that are so prevalent in this world. If you have any discernment whatsoever, you can, you can tell this world is incredibly deluded. God promised that in the last days there would be great delusion, a strong delusion. I mean, it is so clear we're living in those days. Where the, and it's so easy to, to mention there's too many lies that the world believes to, to even start to talk about it, but to, to believe that what's in a, a pregnant woman's body is not a baby. That's, that's an absolute strong delusion. To, to live like you can, you can live sexually however you want to, it's okay with God, it doesn't matter. That is a strong lie, a strong delusion. And it's all in their mind. But there's something that happens. At death, there's an immediate, <laughs> you're immediately thrown into reality. You're immediately thrown into realizing I've been living a lie and you'll have to live for all of eternity and the consequences of the lies men chose to live in. This world will do that. And, and we could talk about the world all day long and, and, and I'm not addressing the world, I'm not talking to the world. So I'm, I, it is easy to, I'm just pointing out, it's easy to see the world is in this strong delusion. And we need to be warned, God warned us that a strong delusion is coming in the last days. And that's important for the church to be aware of. That's over there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And he mentioned deception and delusion six different times just at the beginning of that chapter. You know, if God just says something once, it's important. If he says it twice, he's emphasizing something. But he said it six times. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 talking about deception and delusion and lies that would dominate in the last days. And I'm not going to read it. You can read it yourself. But my point is, we need to realize the days that we're living in. We are living in a time of lies and deception. We, we know the world embraces it. It is their nature both to lie and to embrace lies. That is no surprise. Their entire world is, is a false world. It's not reality. It's all in their minds. And one day, there will be a reckoning for their choice to live in those lies. But I'm talking about things that we as Christians need to be aware of. The same tactics that the enemy used here in Genesis chapter 3, the enemy uses in the world, and they've, they've embraced it. But the enemy uses it against us as well. And so we can, I can see these things have crept into uh, certain churches, certain doctrines, certain things that have come into the church that we just need to be aware of. There's six deceptions that the enemy has right here used in chapter 3 that he's still using today, and unfortunately they're working. Do you love the truth? That's the only way you're not going to be deceived. Do you love the truth? So let's, let's go ahead and read uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the serpent was more 
subtle, subtle than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, has God said. Now, I want to read a verse before I get there. Uh, in First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. So I'm focusing on the deception. Deception, let me, let me uh, give you a definition of deception. Deception just means to cause someone to believe what is false or to reject what is true, to delude. So we see, of course, Satan, the serpent, caused Eve to believe something that was false. He caused her to reject truth. She chose to live in a delusion that you could, you'll, you'll not die, you'll live if you take of this fruit. And you can be as gods and have wisdom and so forth. So I'm focusing on deception here. So we're just going to go through th these verses uh, slowly here. So again, we're at verse 1, uh, and, and the first deception is right here. Satan said, Yea, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. This, yea, has God said, it's, it's implied here, did God say this? See, we, we know uh, God created Adam and, and then told Adam, don't eat of the free, the, this particular tree in the garden. And then he created Eve. So we don't know that Eve was, uh, Eve was not necessarily there directly hearing from God. Maybe Adam told her, hey, God said don't eat of that tree. Right? So uh, she, she heard the truth. She, it, the Bible says she was deceived. She chose to reject the truth. She chose to believe something that is false. That doesn't mean she was ignorant of the truth. To be deceived doesn't mean that you're ignorant of the truth. Okay? Christians go to church all the time. They, 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 they have Bibles. They, they hear truth. But they can still be deceived. They can still reject the truth and embrace a lie. We need to be warned. We are in the most dangerous days. We're living in them right now. If you don't know the truth, this subtle, ins Satan insinuated, has God said? He insinuated, did God really say this? He's insinuating. That's how, God, that, that's how Satan works, is insinuations. Did God really say that? Is it, is it really wrong to do what you're doing? There, there are Christians living in sin, and in their own mind, they've made excuses for it, saying, did God really say it that way? They, they take the, the Bible and they reinterpret it so it makes it look like it's okay to do what I'm doing. And unfortunately, there's even preachers doing the same thing, preaching from pulpits that sin is not really sin, that, that what you're doing is not really sin. It's not really wrong. And you can go out there and find churches like that. If, if you want to live in that delusion, you can find churches That'll make you feel good about living in your sin. That, that's the world we live in now. You can find churches that say sin is okay. This is not one of those churches. I, I hope you choose to embrace truth. That, that sin is wrong. That, that wrong is sin. And so forth. Hath God said. See, if you don't know the truth, if you don't love the truth, you won't know what God said. You, you don't want to take it. You, you don't ever want to believe a preacher anyway. You need to believe what, what God said. You, you need to have your own Bible, open it up, and find the Scripture yourself and read it. 
Don't take my word for it or anybody's word for it. Number one, you should get directly because you, you have that privilege. You have a Bible, either one on your phone or, or on your lap or whatever. You can find a Bible. It's easy here. You have access to truth. With access to truth, we should never be deceived again if we would just read it. <laughs> Obviously, we've got to read it. We've got to actually not just take the preacher's word for it, but, the, but check up on the guy and say, hey, is that really here, right? You, you've got to love truth. You've got to love truth more than you love yourself. Because once you love truth more than you love yourself, you'll change yourself to align with truth. But if you love yourself more than truth, you'll change truth to align with what you want to live. Hallelujah. We need to get truth down in our inward parts. Say, God, I want truth. I no longer want to live under the deception of this world and the deceptions that, you know, every, whenever we sin, we, you know, we could look at Eve and, and point at her and say, look what she did, but we've all done it. I mean, we can't, we're, we're no better. We've all been deceived. Anytime we've sinned, we've, we, we've really been deceived into thinking that something was okay to do that wasn't okay to do. We, we, we made an excuse for it. So it's not that bad, and I'll play around with it. It's not a big deal. Then after we did it, we go, I knew that was wrong. And now I have to pay the consequence, right? And hopefully, hopefully we repent. Say, God, forgive me. Please forgive me. I, I knew that was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. And we confess and admit. Confession means to agree with God. We are, we are agreeing when we confess. We are agreeing with God that it was wrong. You know, confession doesn't mean to go find a priest and confess your sin to him. No, confession means to agree with. I'm agreeing with the truth that what I did was wrong. That was sin. And therefore, I repent. And of course, he says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. Hallelujah. Thank God for mercy and grace. He has infinite mercy and grace if we just turn, if we confess, if we admit the truth. And unfortunately, there are doctrines in, in the church, and I'll get to them a little later, that, that, that say you don't even have to confess, which means you don't even have to admit that sin is sin. You can, you can just live how you want. That's dangerous. All right, let's, let's keep going. So the first deception is insinuated, yes, has, has God really said this? Did God really say that? That's, that's the first deception, questioning God, questioning God's word. Then uh, the, serpent, the serpent said, you shall not eat of, did God say you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So what does the serpent do? You know, the serpent approaches Eve when she's standing in the middle of the garden right next to the tree she's not supposed to be eating of, right? That's when he approaches. That's when Adam and Eve are actually both there, not just Eve. They're both standing right there. And that's when he approaches. That's, of course, we've all been tempted and, and we know what that's like. There, when opportunity meets temptation, watch out. So she's standing next to the tree. And so the second uh, lie that, that the devil tells right here is, did God say you cannot eat of every tree? He forces her mind to get on the one tree she cannot have. And, and we, she replies, the woman said unto him, unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the, of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it lest you die. So what did the serpent do? He got 
Eve's attention off of all these thousands and maybe millions of trees that she could eat of and got her attention on the one she couldn't. There's a lie. There's a deception in that. The deception is simply this, that the devil wants you to think that God hasn't provided everything you needed. God doesn't actually love you. He's holding back because he didn't let you have that tree. God's not really good. God doesn't really love you because he held back that tree from you. Look at that. See, that's a deception. That's a lie. And people embrace that both outside the church and in the, in the church as well. Do you really believe God is good? When he tells you not to do something, do you, do you really think he has your best interest at heart? He's trying to protect you. It's just like a parent telling your child, don't touch that hot stove. It's not like the child is, is, is thinking, they're trying to hold back for me a blessing. I'm going to. But that's how we take it, you know. That's how Satan insinuates. God is not really good. He's holding back from you. That's why you can't just indulge in all the pleasures of this life. He's, he's holding back all the fun that you could have. No, he's holding back death from you. Just what, like he said, and she repeated it, you shall surely die. He's trying to protect you. But of course, Satan twists everything around, and the deception is God's not really loving you. He's not really good because he's holding back. And you, you know, you need to go ahead and, and just do what you want to do. He's, he's getting her attention off of all the blessings. You understand, you have been given every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have everything you need. You don't need anything from this world. You don't need anything at all from this world. You've been given everything you need. Salvation, deliverance, healing. Praise God. Every bodily need, food, clothing, shelter, it's all provided for in God's Word. All your provision, bodily, mentally, emotionally, socially, everything is provided for you. Spiritually, it's all, you, you have all you need. Be content in truth. Be content in what God has said in His Word. Don't embrace something of the world. Uh, the Bible says, in uh, 2 John, or 1 John, chapter 2, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then verse 17 says, The world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides forever. All this stuff in the world, all these things that, that Satan is offering the world and the world has, has chosen to live in this delusion, it's all going to pass away. Don't embrace this stuff in the world. Embrace God's Word. Embrace the truth and live in truth. That's what it means to be sober. Be truly awake is to embrace the truth of God's Word. This world is talking about being awoke all the time. What, what they're talking about is living in lies. What they're actually talking about is they choose to live in false truth, false, uh, false lies. So he says, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but the, tr the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, which is right here, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. Now she, she added something there. He didn't actually say that. Where did she get that? I don't know. You know, a religious mind likes to add things to the truth of God's word. God didn't say you couldn't touch it. 
He just said you couldn't eat it. But it's, it's safer not to touch it. Nonetheless, so she knew the truth. Again, deception doesn't mean you don't know the truth. You do know the truth, but you've rejected it. So, lest you die. So that was the truth. You're going to die if you eat, eat of this fruit. So verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, just flat out lie, You shall not surely die. In other words, surely you will not die. You know, that, that's just a flat out lie. I mean, just there's no subtly to, subtleness to it at all. It's just flat out, you're not going to die. God says you're going to die. Satan says you're not going to die. Just a flat lie, right? It's, it, it just amazes me that, that Eve embraced this, that Eve said God lied because when, when you embrace any lie, you're, you're saying God lied. And this is true. And that's what she did. She says, you know what? I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. Just think about this. You know, I went, I went to India uh, not too long ago, and, and, and I don't know India, and there's, you know, trees and fruit trees and stuff like that. So if somebody, anybody, I don't even have to know the person, if somebody just walked up to me while I'm looking at some fruit and says, don't eat that, that'll kill you. You think I would even risk it? I mean, I, I wouldn't even risk it. I have plenty of, I can get food anytime I want. Why would I even risk it? I don't even have to know that person. There's no point in risking it when I can get all the food I want somewhere else. She was fully convinced. God lied. Satan told the truth. That is deception. See, it says Eve was deceived. Adam was not deceived. In other words, Adam never believed the deception of Satan. Adam never said, uh, God lied, Satan told the truth. No, he, he knew Satan was lying the entire time. He was never deceived. He knew he, that God, was telling the, God told the truth and Satan was lying and he did it anyway. He sinned anyway. But she was deceived, meaning she was fully convinced that what was true was not true. That, that hey, I can eat that and I won't die. I mean, why would you risk that unless you're completely deluded? <laughs> it's just food. I mean, you can get all you want. I would never do that, right? Full delusion. <laughs> be warned. We're in those days, church, of full delusion. So my point was that we, we live in a, you know, Satan used to be a lot more subtle. I can remember even as a child, the world was completely different. I'm, I'm 44 years old now, but just 30 years ago when I was younger, the world was completely different. The lies were subtle. You know, it was, it, it was just very subtle when Satan would, would send insinuations throughout the world. But now he can just tell a flat-out lie, and everybody goes, yep, I know it's a lie. I don't care. I love it. Bring it on, right? They love the lies now. The world does. They love it. They know it's a lie. They don't care. They love it. Give me more. That's the alternate reality the delusion that I want to live in. And, and it's all in their mind. They can live in this world like that as long as they want until, of course, that day of reckoning where they die. And they, and they so of course, our, our job, the church, all of us, not just a preacher, all of us, our job is to tell the truth. Preach the truth of God's word. It's the only way, the only way to beat deception is with truth. It's the only thing that's going to set our children free 
from what, what is being taught in the school systems. Truth, that's the only thing that's going to help them. Hallelujah. Believe the truth. Live the truth. Teach it to your children. Teach it to this generation. Time is short, church. We're going to be out of here pretty soon. And even if we aren't, your body is not going to last. All right? We're all going to die. A short time to get the truth to people. Break free. Wake up from the deception. Amen. So, I mean, just Satan here says flat out, you're not going to die. That's the third deception. Just a flat out lie. You will not die when you sin. In fact, that's a deception in the church that, that, is, that has been embraced. Uh, I, I would say the number one deception in the church today is you can sin and, you, and there's no consequence. You won't die. In other words, uh, it's under the, the heading of grace. You know, you can, you, can, you can live in sin, you can live a lifestyle of sin, and it doesn't matter what you do because now you're under grace. You can do whatever you want, live however, whatever lifestyle you want, alternate lifestyle, you're under grace. That's a lie, church. You know, that, that's, they basically, and, and, and this is how the thought goes, you know, your spirit is saved, but, you, you know, your body is evil. So it doesn't matter what you do with your body because your spirit stays saved for good, always, no matter what you do. You, you, can you see the logic in that? Where it, it sounds tantalizing. That's just like the devil. It sounds good. Oh, I can do whatever I want with my body because my body doesn't matter. My spirit stays saved, right? That's an old, ancient heresy. It's, it's, it started about the same time the church started. It's called Gnosticism, which basically says the material world is evil, the spirit world is good, which all the spirit world is definitely not good, and that's where Satan dwells, and demons, and so forth. But anyway, the logic is the spirit is good, and all the material world, the body is evil. So it doesn't matter what you do with your body. The church has started to embrace this. It's on, it, again, it's under the heading of grace, where it's just, this, this is a lie. This is, you, you, it does matter what you do with your body. This is the truth. This is in your New Testament. And I'll just read this quickly. If you want, you can look there. In 2 Peter chapter 2, God warns the church if after they have escaped the pollutions of this world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, or knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, so they're saved, right? They have knowledge of Jesus Christ. They are again entangled therein and overcome the latter end is worse with them than at the beginning. Does that sound like it's okay to do what you want with your body? To live in sin and fornication and homosexuality and all these sins that the world lives in? No, of course not. He, he's saying that it's, it would be better for them to have never been saved than to get saved and then turn back to the world and turn back to sin, turn back to, you know, all these wicked things that the world does. The judgment will be harder. It says, verse 21, For it had, it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. What's the holy commandment? Truth. <laughs> to turn from truth. Verse 22, But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again in the sow, that which... Uh, 
the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. So th this, this, is, this is a doctrine in the church that's so prevalent today. Just be careful of the doctrine that says you don't actually need to repent. It doesn't matter. You don't need to confess your sin. Confess means agree that sin is sin. Agree that it was wrong. They, they say you don't need to do that. That's an old ancient her heresy. Uh, it, it is important. If you sin, immediately repent. And God will immediately forgive you. His mercy endures forever. But you do have to still repent. You, you can't embrace a lifestyle of sin and, and, and think, yeah, it's okay. Not a big deal. It's very important. Your eternity depends on it. Let's keep going. So these are the same ancient lies 6,000 years ago in the garden that are here in the earth today. The serpent doesn't have any new tricks. He just puts them in different wrappings. So the serpent in verse 4 said unto the woman, you shall not die. He's no longer being subtle with his lies, just like in the world today. Verse 5, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof. Now, now he's impugning God right here. Again, God knows. In other words, he's saying God's holding back from you this blessing. This is, this is what God is holding back from you. The day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. There's actually three lies in this whole story. You've, you've heard of the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Well, that's the, that's the three lies that are right here. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The day that you eat thereof, your eyes shall be open. Again, you, you may not be familiar with Gnosticism, but that's Gnosticism today. Gnosticism teach that you have a, an inner eye, a third eye that needs to be opened. But when you, you dig down into what it really means is you need to continue to listen to the voice of Lucifer. And you shall be as God. That's, that's what is being taught in the world. The world completely loves that idea. Because what, what Gnosticism teaches is our God, the God that created all things, is actually a bad God. But Lucifer is the good one. He's the supreme God. And so our, our God that created the material world, remember, material world is evil. You know, he, he, God, our God, is the blame of all the evil in the world. Look what he did. Look at the world. But Lucifer's the good guy. So listen to the voice of Lucifer and you obtain knowledge. Your third eye will be open. You will be in, enlightened. You will be awakened to the truth. You can see this in, in, in hip-hop. You can see this in music, in, indus, in, in music industries, in all entertainment industries. This, this is being uh, pushed. It's, it, if you understand what it is, you can see it everywhere. I see it everywhere. They're, you know, trying to obtain secret knowledge. God doesn't have secret knowledge. He gives you truth, and he opens it up and gives it to you. Just here it is. It's not secret. But, but the, the Lucifer wants you to get into secret knowledge, and you have to graduate through different levels of secret knowledge, and, and, and finally you, you reach the pinnacle, and when you get to the end, you find out that you've been worshiping Lucifer all along in some of these secret lodges and uh, so forth. 
the, the pinnacle is they're worshiping a, a sun god or they're worshiping Lucifer in particular. The son of the morning is his, is his name. He's, he's the son of the morning, the, anort, the anointed cherub. So anyway, in Gnosticism, he's considered God. And, and our God is, is a bad God and you're trying to get away from our God. But of course, that is the most blasphemous thing there is. That is the blasphemy that is coming in the last days. It's the blasphemy of the Antichrist. That's exactly what he's going to be teaching. Our God is evil. The Christian God, the, the Jew, Jewish God, is evil. You need to embrace this, this Lucifer. That's actually going to be taught. So it's the same lie. It's, it's not even subtle. And we're at that place where the world, you can see the world would love that. The world would embrace that. The day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as God. So verse 6, and the woman saw that the, the tree was good for food. This is the lust of the flesh. This is the, the fourth deception I'm talking about. The lust of the flesh, the appetites of the flesh. I find it interesting that the first sin was over food. How many have a problem with, with food? Appetite. What your body wants, what your body craves, right? Food. We've all messed up there at some point. <laughs> appetites, but there's sexual appetites. There's, there's appetites for, for drugs and, and highs and all these different things. Then it says, and that it, taking this fruit, would, would be something that would make, uh, it was pleasant to the eyes. That's the second one. Just because something is pleasant to the eyes doesn't mean you should have it. But that's the deception of Satan. It's pleasant, so you should have that. You should get what you want. You sh you sh why is God holding that back from you? You should have something. If it looks good, go get it, right? And then the sixth deception is the appeal to pride. Pride of life. I'm going to ask the musicians to come back. An appeal to pride. <laughs> what says you shall be as gods. It says, uh, desire to make one wise. She took the fruit thereof, did eat, and gave also to her husband with her. He was right there, and he did eat. Deceived, but he ate anyway. But she was so deceived, not only was she willing to take this, believing it ain't going to kill me, she was going to give it to her husband. It ain't going to kill him either. It's going to be good for him. <laughs> she was completely deluded, right? And so this is the... the the, the delusion she chose to embrace. She died that day. Spiritually, they did die. They died that day. God, of course, God's word is true. God is just warning us. Stay away from lies, right? So what do we got we to do? We have to embrace truth. We have to love truth. When, when the devil says, look at all this stuff you can't have, no, you go back to the word of God and says, this is what God has provided for me. I have everything I need in Christ Jesus. He has finished the work for me on that cross. Thank God for God's word, God's truth. God, God's word is truth. It, it opens up uh, and brings light into your life so that we can shake free of the deception and shake free of all the, the uh, demonic lies that we've embraced since uh, even we were children. Hallelujah. Thank God for truth. That is the only counter to deception. That's the only counter to lies. And we have a book full of it. Hallelujah. We should be in it, in the Bible, every day. 
Hallelujah. And we have the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth, to open it up and help us understand God's truth. Thank God. And thank God for people who preach truth. Thank God for churches like this that preach truth. Don't let you stay comfortable in your sin. But remind you, sin is sin. Repent and get right with God. I thank God for that. I thank God for truth. I don't want to live in lies. I want to live in truth. So that when, when I die, when I leave this body, hallelujah, I'm going to live in reality. I choose reality now. I choose reality then. And that reality is going to be heaven. Where there is only truth. No lie. No deception there. It is only going to be truth. That's where I want to live. I choose it here. I choose it there. Praise God. Why don't you stand with me? Praise God. Hallelujah. And let's, let's just bow our heads and pray for a moment. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. This morning, if there's any deceptions we've embraced, any sins that we've tried to say that it's not a big deal, that it's okay to do, God, let us repent this morning and shake loose of that and say, I repent, Lord God. I repent of that sin, that, that sin in my life that I've tried to say was not a big deal. God, forgive me. I confess. In other words, I admit that that was a sin. Therefore, it is wrong, and I turn from it right now. But God, I want to embrace your truth today and every day hereafter. Help me to understand your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, which brings understanding. Help me, God, to live in reality, to live sober and not in the delusion that this world lives in, God. I want you. I want your truth today, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.